So this morning we are, like I said, this is the last piece of our armor. For those of you who haven't gotten to see our lovely armor so far, this is one of them. They've done a great job. Um, oh, our shield is messed up. Hang on, let's go. Put that where that goes. Oh no. So both of our kids have all their armor. And today we're on the last piece, which is the sword of the spirit. And I'm going to read that for us. It's in Ephesians 6, verses, verse 17. Um, last week we preached on, Matt preached on the helmet of salvation. So it says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So the sword of the Spirit, it, um, it's the, it's, say it's the only offensive weapon that you're given in your armor, right? And that's kind of what you would expect with the sword is it's offensive because this is what you use to attack. But I want, as we go through this morning, for us to not just look at it as offensive, but also defensive. Because as much as a sword can be used to attack, it also is used to defend, right? If you've got another sword coming at you, you're not just going to, like, sit there and stand. And you might be able to throw your shield up, but what if your shield is over here guarding somebody else? And so you're going to use your sword. So it's both offensive and defensive. And I want us to kind of keep that in mind as we walk through this morning. So the sword, like uh, Paul, we've talked about throughout this series, Paul used the imagery of the armor because it would have been well known to the Roman people. And so this sword is the Roman soldier sword. It is known as the gladius. It is short. It's about 20 to 30 inches long. So probably about the length of Oliver, a little bit shorter. Um, it is, uh, it is also light, like it's lightweight because they've got this big shield in their hand and they're, um, they've got their shield, I think, on their left and their, or whatever hand is there's prominent is got the sword and it's lightweight so that they could only use one hand because it's not like they had like two hands to like pick it up and hoist it, you know, so it's lightweight, it's easily used and it actually became known as the sword that conquered the world because of how it was shaped. It was sharp on both sides, but then it also had a sharp point. And that sharp point was so sharp that it could pierce through armor. So it was a strong sword. It wasn't just a, it wasn't maybe like what we might think of as like literally like one of those, you know, like heavy swords that you see in like um, medieval movies and stuff like Braveheart or thank you, Martin, or something like that. But it's, it's lightweight. It's one of those that you can, they could easily use it but the thing was, is it had to, be, had to be used by a person who had correct training. Like for me, if I were to pick up a gladius and go to try to like fight a battle, probably wouldn't get me very far because I would know not, I would know, I would absolutely not know how to use it. I would be wielding it left, right, and it would do me no good. Probably wouldn't help defend me and it definitely wouldn't help me defeat anybody. So they had to train for this. And this was the main weapon for the foot, foot soldiers. Foot soldiers. So the people that were on the ground, the ones that were, they were the ones that were 
front lines, right? Very much like we are. So Paul is using this as this idea, as, as the imagery of the sword. It is, it is a fierce weapon. It was a feared weapon. But it also had to be used correctly. Because not used correctly, it, could, it wasn't as useful. It didn't make, it didn't help us at all. And so as we go in and we're going to talk about, now we're looking at the sword of the spirit. It's not just the sword itself, but the sword of the spirit. And I don't know about many of you, but for me, I grew up knowing that the sword of the spirit, hey Genevieve, do you know what the sword of the spirit is? Yeah, how it is. So the sword of the spirit, we grew up, and honestly, for most of what I read, it's the Bible, right? The Holy Scripture. That's what we've always, at least that's what I always grew up knowing it as, was it was the Bible. But as I was studying this week, and honestly, I had a conversation with Matt last week, and he challenged me a little bit and pushed me a little bit to think of the sword of the spirit as more than just the Bible. And it threw me, and I'm real, I've wrestled with this all week. And as I've come through and thought, I'm like, he's not wrong. And I read this somewhere, it's that the sword of the spirit is actually a combination of things. It's the truth of the Bible, of the Word of God. It's the reality of our salvation in Christ, that we have the victory. And it's what the Holy Spirit has revealed to us. Because the Bible itself is a book, and it's a beautiful book. But it comes alive, it becomes the living Word of God through the Holy Spirit and through Jesus, our salvation in Christ, right? Because if you just go up and hand somebody the Bible, and they just read it and they have no idea of like who Christ is or have any like there's that it doesn't come alive like it doesn't it's a tool that's how I see it it's like yes the sword is a tool in their armor but that sword is is important and it's a tool but you have to know how to use it and how do we know how to use it well we know how to use it through the Holy Spirit we know how to use it through Christ. And so like even when we sing even what we sang today of like there's no I'm gonna look it up because I'm gonna get the words wrong. Um the last song that we sang, the 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 verse that says um I'm not backing down from any giant because I know how this story ends. Yes I know how this story ends. I'm going to see the victory. And that victory didn't come through the Bible. That victory came through Jesus. That victory came through Jesus' death on the cross. And so that, I think, is one of the things that we have to remember is, yes, the Bible is a wonderful tool. But that is used because the Holy Spirit says, hey, remember that verse that you've memorized. Remember that verse that you have studied or has that has been in your mind or remember that song has anybody been in a situation where you're just like exhausted and you're actually let me be real this week has been exhausting i if matt had been here probably for the first time ever would have been like all right matt you're up because 
I'm not doing it. Uh, we moved into our rental home, and then I ended up accidentally having gluten on Tuesday night, and so I got sick all day Wednesday, and I've still been recovering. So I didn't even like really touch this till like Thursday or Friday. But mentally, I'm like everywhere. And this morning, as I was rocking Oliver um, and holding him because he was awake, but I wasn't ready for to be a mom yet, so we were we were sitting there. Um, I was reminded of the verse um, in Matthew where it's like, don't grow weary. I'm going to mess it up because my brain is jumbled. But that idea where it's like, I don't have to carry all my burden on myself. I get to throw it at the feet of Jesus and he's there with me carrying it too. And even though I'm tired, I don't have to like, I don't have to do this on my own. And I was reminded of that verse this morning, and, and it, this just all kind of rang true. That the Bible was a wonderful tool. It is a wonderful tool that the Holy Spirit and Jesus use to help us defend ourselves, to help us be offensive when, the, when you literally feel like you're surrounded. Right? Like you feel, you physically feel like you're surrounded. And you're surrounded by a lot of things. You're surrounded by chaos. You're surrounded by moving. You're surrounded by sickness. You're surrounded by kids. These are just all the things I'm surrounded with. You're surrounded with um, feeling like failing or whatever it might be. You're surrounded with stress of work or whatever that might be. And then you're reminded like, but we're surrounded by the Holy Spirit. We're surrounded by Jesus. We're surrounded in our salvation, we don't have to. We don't have to worry. I'm sorry. Because ultimately. Our salvation is in Christ. Our victory is in Christ. Now, I'm not standing up here and telling you that the, that the Bible isn't useful or you shouldn't go learn it or you shouldn't read it or any of those things at all. I'm just saying that I think that the sword of the Spirit is more than just the Holy Scriptures. I think the sword of the Spirit is deeper. And I think it's easy for us to say because it's a tangible thing, and right, and all of the rest of this really is is not tangible. Like we see it up here, but like you tangibly can't have salvation. And you tangibly can't have like righteousness. You can't hold the truth. And so we get to the sword, which is the offensive thing, and so we're like, okay, we've got the Bible, and this is tangible, and you can hold it. And you can wield it. But if you're not using it properly, if you don't have Jesus and you don't have the Holy Spirit, like, and then you wield it like this. And this isn't even in the Bible, but you wield it and you look crazy. But when we have the Bible and we use it like the soldiers use the gladius, like they use that sword. And we allow the, the reality that the victory that we have is in Christ. If we allow the Holy Spirit to use what we have learned, 
then we can wield it in both an offensive and defensive way, in a way that doesn't slash and cut people. And all of a sudden, the sword of the spirit becomes not just a book, but it becomes like who we are. Like the Holy Spirit lives in each one of us and Jesus is our Lord and Savior if we allow, like say yes. The victory is ours and at times it can feel like we are drowning or maybe we can just feel like we're doing great and so we lay our weapons down we take off all our armor but I think the beauty of what we've learned through this series and and is that This isn't supposed to be heavy, but it's supposed to be embodied in us. Like, if we walk in knowing whose we are, then the armor stays on us at all times. If we walk in knowing that we have the victory in Christ, then we can... We can use the sword both offensively and defensively when necessary. And we can use it well. We can use it correctly. So my encouragement to you is to like take time to truly look at the depth of that. I guess the biggest thing is is this week I struggled with coming to grips with the fact that the sword of the spirit wasn't the Bible. Because that's what I had been taught my whole life. And I didn't want to stand up here and be like, hey, this is what it is. And not truly believe it for myself or like grasp it. Um, but <laughs> the, the truth that got me through this week, and it quote unquote kept me fighting for going with the analogy was knowing that I wasn't doing this alone. Was knowing that my victory was in Christ. He uses scripture, he uses music, he uses people, he uses other things to help remind us who we are, whose we are, and who we have our victory in. Like in Christ we have victory. In Christ, we have the tools 
to fight well and to fight correctly. Hey, Nora and Isaiah, do you guys have those swords? They might be playing with them. As we get the swords up here and we, and we place them on, I, I know this was like a fun thing for the kids. But it's a good reminder that like we are, we are all wearing the armor of God, right? We talked about it not being, thank you, you can put it on. We, we talked about it, it at the beginning that this was a collective armor. That we weren't talking about the armor of God as individual, but we were talking about it as collective. And I think that this, these have shown us, as they've worked on it together, as they've uh, colored it together, that this is the armor of God for everybody. As we wield the sword, we don't have to do it alone. We can do it together. We do it collectively. Because in Christ we have victory. In the Holy Spirit, we are given the tools for when we feel like we're surrounded by everything but Jesus or God. Will you pray with me? Holy Spirit, I thank you for thank you for your presence. Honestly, I thank you for preaching today. Jesus, I thank you for the fact that in you we have the victory and through you we have the Bible that comes alive so that we can use it as a tool. God, I thank you that you have shown us how to fight together collectively, not just individually. Wherever we're at, God, I just pray that that today we are reminded that in you we have victory. That today we are reminded that no matter how big of a giant that stands in front of us, we have you. We have victory in you. May we go through this week with that confidence. No matter how many times we get knocked down or maybe we don't even feel like we're getting knocked down. We're just coasting. Whatever it might be, God, may we grow in confidence in knowing that we have the victory in you that it be a confidence that oozes out of each one of us so that people can't deny, deny that. God, we give you this morning. We give you the rest of today. We ask, Father, that you would be with each one of us. And here I pray. Amen.